whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Brought to you by Rock Antenna, Germany's number one rock radio station. Since your comeback 2012, I guess it was, is the band mattered? And how different is your working process in the team now compared to the first album or in 2003? What was the first part of that question? What did you say? <laughs> Does the band matter? What's it? <laughs> Did it ever matter? Insofar Maybe. as anything matters. What do you mean? What How did the band mean? grow up like this? Oh, matured. Oh, I, my, my, sorry. Sorry, my I thought you were asking, do we matter? Oh. We definitely <laughs> yes. don't matter. Oh, no. <laughs> definitely doesn't matter. Maybe that's the maturity. Now we realise we don't matter. Understanding that uh, it's just art and it's supposed to be, it's an expression of something. And when we do good work, it's because we're, you know, we're operating or vibrating at a frequency that everybody in the room can feel it you know okay. and it's and then we're sort of like um i don't know it's hard to explain it but it's um we're on fire at the moment but the, the shows are brilliant everyone everyone's loving it and um everyone's really enjoying the existence you know like being out and we're busy and we do a, a lot of work and we're out away from home a lot but it's um really enjoyable we all love each other And uh, it's good times. That sounds really But nice. it doesn't matter. Let's not, <laughs> pretend. <laughs> Let's not pretend that it matters, because it definitely doesn't matter. So you're... Exp we're not trying to save the world. That's what, that's what we're not trying to do. We're just trying to make the, the descent into chaos a little bit more enjoyable. Wow, nice words. <laughs> maybe it does matter. <laughs> yes, maybe. <laughs> it matters to me. <laughs> this is important. Somebody this morning on, uh, on, on uh, Instagram did like, I don't know why I bothered to engage with it, but, you know, on Instagram you have a thing where, you know, you can, you can have sort of notifications on certain hashtags. So I've obviously got the darkness. And somebody's done a review of the last album. It's quite a good review. It's like seven out, seven out of ten or something. And says a few things that I just thought were like, hmm, okay. And I thought, well, the amount of time that I should spend reacting to his review should be... Uh, should should have the same should be the same uh, ratio between that and how much time he spent on his review compared to how much time he spent on the album. So I spent 10 seconds reflecting on his words and then said, "You can fuck right off," and put it on there. And I know you're not supposed to do that. I know you're not supposed to engage with people, but I don't care. <laughs> that snivelling little cockwomble does not get to tell me that the last eight months of my life was a waste of time or seven out of ten. He can fuck right off. So it does matter. Sorry. What was yeah. the question? Next one. Next one. <laughs> yeah, <cool. laughs> um, you express a lot uh, of the references to the 80s. Your music is, for example, regular, regularly compared with Queen or uh, The Cure. But uh, the period of, of Queen that I love is uh, 70s. Jazz, um, Sheer Heart Attack, obviously Night of the Opera. Those are my favourite Queen albums. Oh, yeah. Which um, is more 70s stuff, you know. Yeah, that's right. The keywords glam rock is uh, your keyword and mm, also... Definitely not. We never say glam rock. We no, would what? never say that. How do you use... Shall I tell you why? Yeah. Because glam is an abbreviation of glamorous, which somehow cheapens glamorous and makes it sticky somehow. And it makes it, you know, just feel a bit cheap. We're a glamorous rock band. We're not a glam band. That's how I see it. Oh, yeah, glamorous. Yeah, that's really it, it much really better. it really matters. You know, yeah, glamorous. It matters to me. Matters, yeah, again. <laughs> How do you give new impulse to this genre glamorous yes. rock? I don't think the, the way to uh, revitalize a genre is to um, acknowledge that you're operating in it, you know. I think the most important thing is to take every song to its natural conclusion within the means available to you. So we've, we've got certain... There's a certain timbre in my voice. There's a certain 
tone to the way my brother plays guitar. And so within that, you have to explore the songs as far as you can take them. You know what I mean? So it might be us trying to do flamenco, for example, or it might be us trying to do some other kind of music. I can't jazz. Say for jazz, for example. Um, and then us not quite getting there, but it having our voice is how is how it's, that's how you do a darkness record. You know, we never think about glam. We never think, oh, what would uh, we never think? Oh, what would uh, the Stones do, or what would uh, Gary Glitter do? We definitely don't think what what would Gary Glitter do as trying to avoid the things that he would do. But, um, you know, what, what would Aerosmith do or what would Led Zeppelin do? We never think about that. We always just think, what's the best thing for the song, you know, within our capability, within our limited, you know, field of expertise. Oh, yeah. Your new album is called Easter is Cancelled. And in Germany, there is an ongoing discussion about Green Friday because uh, till today, bars and clubs have to be closed because of religious traditions. And on this day, there should be no no dancing. It's not allowed to dance on Green Friday really? in Germany. Yeah, it's also. So why are we playing here then? What's the point? <laughs> so maybe um, does this scenario mean that such traditions are not existing anymore? Your Easter is cancelled. Also, this. So maybe in Germany you, you are allowed again to dance. Oh. Maybe. <laughs> maybe the children should dance again. Yeah, it's so because is that Good of, Friday. Uh, is that when when he was crucified? Yes. So that's in Easter? Yes. Oh, okay. So like the April of... Yeah, in England they call it Good Friday, don't they? I mean, which I don't understand. It's like, how can it, how can it be good? <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. first of all, well, it's, it's a crucifixion. There's nothing good about that. There's a guy being, uh, you know, mounted on a cross, presumably having dragged it through the town in a humiliating episode. And then he's just bleeding to death. And while the vultures are sort of circling, waiting to come and peck his eyes. Good Friday. I thought you were going to say something about recycling. Yeah, maybe, but no. Now, yeah, now it's uh, yeah, Green Friday tomorrow, Friday for Future, and all these things. It's oh, again yeah. in Hamburg, really That's big with thing, Greta. Yeah. And well, I can get behind that. So, your album, what can you describe in your own words? What is me? Is it for you? It's the first concept album, and why is it like this? And what was the idea for no, you? I think it was. Um, it wasn't supposed to be a concept album at first. We were going to do an album of singles and try and get on the radio. And then, um, so we've, the first thing we did was say to the record company, like, um, okay, well, you know, once we've got the, a song, um, we'll play it to you as a demo. And then we can work together to sort of decide what the song needs to be able to make it radio friendly or, you know, give it the sort of hit potential that record companies love, you know. And so the idea was we would send them songs every week. But then what happened was the first song took about six months. <laughs> so we didn't know. Uh, We didn't send them anything, I mean, and then it was just like, oh, okay, it's going to be a concept record, no singles on it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we just changed course. It ended up being a concept record because a lot of the songs have the same sort of um, themes inside it, um, but there was three themes. You'd have to work quite quite hard to find a, a narrative thread through the, through the whole body of work, but um, it's possible to do that. You know, I could lie to you and... And make one up, but I won't. I heard a lot of these songs, and my favorite is Rock and Roll Deserves to Die. And I watched the video. Ah. So, in this video, you show the disintegration of a rock star in a really short way. It's really fast. How serious is it in real? Is it so hard? What do you mean? To be a rock star? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's like uh, there's a lot of vanity involved. And that's why in that in that video there's the bits when the, when all of our hair flies off and then um, there's a sense of horror at first 
And then there's just liberation, you know, because I think a lot of bands are just slaves to their hair or slaves to trying to look as good as they can look, you know. And then so bands that are sort of a bit older than us in like doing classic rock, and I'm sure you speak to a lot of them. Next time you're doing that, look at them and just imagine your auntie, like your your own auntie or your great auntie with the same makeup on and the same hair. Because everyone, most most male rock artists of a certain age look like your auntie. <laughs> and it's because they're clinging on so so hard to this sort of like fairly difficult to attain, you know, image. You know, they're desperately clinging on to this image. And then I remember when, um, you know, like in the 80s, everyone had huge hair and loads of hairspray. And, that. and then in the 90s, it was like you had um, grunge and then it was like, oh, we're not supposed to have this hair anymore. And then there was a brilliant period just after that when uh, everyone had completely perfect, like straightened, sort of, um, you know, like expensively coiffured, just look like aunties. <laughs> you know, aunties who are going to a wedding or something. I'm yeah, thinking right. very specifically about Bon Jovi in that instance. Like, suddenly the hair was all soft and it wasn't, you know, sprayed. I think if you look at the evolution of John Bon Jovi's hair throughout the last 40 years then it gives you an idea of the state of rock and roll i think his hair is the barometer for the whole genre really i never thought about this but now i would check it mm. and because <laughs> there was a period yeah. when he was like had such a like a uh, an image or identity crisis in a, in a time when it wasn't acceptable to be a rock star uh, grunge was dead nobody knew what the next thing was so what did he do cut his hair off he had short hair and you know what he said it's my life it's my hair and it was him trying to his hair was trying to sort of um, reclaim something of his own spiritual identity. Oh, yeah. That's why in that video, so all the, all the hair flies off and you're just left with nothing and you have to start again. Because nothing's nothing ever ends, you know. It's just like a cleansing fire comes. In other words, your hair falls out and you have to start again. Nice words. <laughs> okay, let's talk about your show and about your tour. You're traveling around Europe since a few months, I heard. Mm -hmm. So how is it first? It's the best job in the world. Um, everything's going well for us at the moment all the shows are selling really well um, in some of the countries where we've struggled in the past it's not a struggle anymore um, the last album was so so well received that uh, the live work is much more rewarding you know we're having good good times and looking forward to um, the rest of uh, Europe and Australia America and then festivals oh wow so it's good it's good times What is special about festivals for you to play there? I just like it because uh, you get to, uh, you get to sort of play a more condensed, concise set of your best of. You know, on this tour, because we're, we're touring the album, we, we play the whole album and then we play like a, a handful of the favourites from before. Um, but when you do a festival, you try and you try and create a set that's the biggest impact. So it's really good fun. It's like um, you just hit them with the the really fun stuff, and it's always a good time, you know. I'm not sure. I like them all, really. There's a couple I don't like, but we never have to play those because I'm the singer. So. <laughs> It's your choice. That's yeah. right. Um, what was And what was your favorite show until now? Maybe Munich, where our rock oh, yeah. antenna also is? Munich was good. Yeah, that was... Um, I liked Munich because it was a very technical audience. And the people that, that came were sort of staring at our fingers to see where we put them and then uh, looking at the amps to see what the settings were and you could really feel that people were interested in it on a, on a technical level sometimes you play in places like italy and it's all passion um munich all technic technical stuff you know and i think those are the two extremes and then you know you sort of 
everywhere's somewhere between those. But it's all good, you know. That's the, that's the joy of it, really. You come out, you come out, and you don't really know what to expect until three or four songs in, and then you, and then you understand what kind of gig you're doing, and uh, you act accordingly. Whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Subscribe to our channel for more rocking podcasts.